It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. We are on campus in Houston, Texas, a hot steamy night at Rice University. I'm with uh, one of the basketball coaches, the strength coach. It's Don Brown. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself, Adam? I'm doing fantastic. Rice University, the Rice Owls, those those mean-spirited, deadly owls, the most intimidating animal in the animal kingdom is the owl. Uh, do you know the history on the Rice Owls? Why is it an owl? I, I I'm not, you know, I think it's because there's so much wisdom on campus. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, I kind of just found that out, or I just made it up, but it sounds good. Wisdom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time you see an owl, there's a, a graduation hat on the owl. And, and glasses, so, yeah, yeah I think we're owl, solid with that. The owl is the one that asks the question, how many licks to the middle of the Tootsie Pop, right? Exactly, okay. exactly. So the Rice Owls, and uh, you are... Uh, basketball operations. You're the strength coach, mm-hmm. and I want to bring you on the show to talk about something you do with your players called Team Impact. Tell us about Team Impact. So with Team Impact, we act- there's actually a company named Team Impact, and we, uh, we've we partnered up with them to, uh, I guess, adopt a little boy, so to speak, and we- what we're going to do is we're going to draft him to our team, and um, he's a six-year-old kid who is from uh, South America, and he is dealing with juvenile arthritis. Um, so he, he's he you know a six year old shouldn't be living life that way and unfortunately he has to so what we're looking to do is bring joy to his life by bringing him around players that he looks up to and keeping them around a sport that he enjoys playing. How did you meet this young man? Uh, well, as I said, fortunately through Team Impact they paired us up with okay. him and um, it, it 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 worked out really well because this kid he loves basketball and. Um, you know, he, he loves just being around guys. And unfortunately, because he has, you know, treatments on and off, he doesn't have any true friends he can hang out with. So these basketball players have really become his friends and his brothers. And that's a relationship we hope to continue for years on end. As far as uh, geographics, uh, we're in Houston. Did you say Guatemala or South America? South, South America. South America. Mm-hmm. So that's not exactly a, a short bus trip. I mean, how do you guys hook up? physically yeah so actually they they just they moved here i want to say a year ago um oh so him, yeah. him and his family do live in houston yes they, they just okay. moved here a year ago but they're originally from south america um and for they moved here for his treatments because this is the best place for him to receive his treatments so uh you know i, I think it's something small uh but it's going to have a major impact not only on that child but also on our players I've heard of uh, Team Impact. We've done reports on Team Impact. It's a fantastic organization. I'm going to guess their teamimpact.org if mm-hmm. our listeners want to check them out. Uh, and I'm going to assume that, Don, you're going to have um, this young man on your bench during mm-hmm. the season. He's going to be at your practices. He's going to be not just uh, an assistant towel boy, water boy. He, he's going to be on the court playing with you guys. And I'm sure that's all going to play out on your Facebook page, too. Without a doubt. Um, this is something that we want to promote. Uh, not not because we want to be seen as uh, giving charity to somebody, but because we think that doing something of this sort is something that should be celebrated and something that other people should look to do whenever they have an opportunity. 
Oh yeah, it's not uh, that. No one's looking for pats on the back. Mm-hmm. It's just such a fantastic, inspirational story that anybody. I mean, you know how Facebook works. If you're mm-hmm. just flipping through it and you see one of your you know acquaintances from high schools eating a steak and then you flip through and you see somebody else got a job and you're like it's just the minutia of the day and then all of a sudden if you follow rice owls basketball you'll see a very inspirational uh image story picture uh and it's all good it makes everybody feel good now you mentioned uh your teammates or i'm sorry i say teammates because you look like you could play (laughs) uh we'll get to where you played here in a second um but your team members they get something out of it, too, and that's a great thing about community service for, for student-athletes. It helps the community, but it also, it's a sly way of, of getting your student-athlete to get something out of it, too, to know that there's something bigger than themselves. Um, it's a great team, I guess, activity. The team is bigger than the self. Your community is also bigger than yourself. So talk a little bit about those teammates uh, working with this young man? Well, for us, what it comes down to is the appreciation and how we want guys to appreciate the fact that they are healthy. Although we may get upset at them and have them run sprints, that they have the ability to run those sprints while other people don't. So they need to appreciate the fact that they are healthy and they are, they're able to live life as they want to and not take, and they shouldn't take that for granted. All right, Don Brown is our guest. Let's have some fun now. We're in Houston. Uh, I didn't realize... I mean, I knew Rice University was in Houston, but I didn't realize it was in Houston. I mean, you can see the skyscrapers. It's right downtown. Um, you went to college where? I went to college at Bucknell University. Bucknell, kind of middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You you last coached at VCU, which yeah. is, it was a metropolitan campus mm-hmm. in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nothing like this. What's it like having a, a college uh, like this, this close to one of the biggest cities in America? It's it's. It's weirdly awesome. You're uh, <laughs> you're on a campus with grass and trees, and you would think if you if, if you didn't look up into the sky and didn't see the skyline, you would think that you're on a normal rural campus. And as soon as you step outside these hedges, you're downtown in Houston, and there's fun, there's nightlife, there's all ty- types of activity. So it's it's this is awesome compared to central Pennsylvania. No, no disrespect to Bucknell and the schools there, but this is an incredible uh, experience. It is weird to be standing on a college campus. I can see the football stadium on my left and I look to my right and there are skyscrapers lit up with blue neon light, almost like UFOs. I mean, it looks like there's aliens landing. Yeah. Um, so back to your career at Bucknell, and it's not Bucknell, it's Bucknell? Bucknell, yes. Bucknell, okay, because what do you do when people say Bucknell? Uh, you just kind of give them a look like, oh, yeah, well, maybe they just, they just don't know, and, you know, a little smug look. It's the same look people get <laughs> when you say Louisville instead right, of right. Louisville? Mm-hmm, okay, so mm-hmm. Bucknell, you played basketball there. You're about 6'7", six, 6'6"? Seven, 6'6", six, six? Six, six, yeah. Okay, when, tell me, uh, give me some uh, war stories, best game you yeah. ever had or the best memory you have dunking over somebody seven feet tall. <laughs> give me a big success story. Well, I'll say that in my time at Bucknell, we've had the opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament twice, and we won uh, our, We won two games. We, the, the first one we played was against Kansas in 2005, and we, we beat Kansas 2005. No yeah, in 2006, we beat Arkansas. Um, so right. yeah, just yeah, another year we beat Pittsburgh when they were ranked ninth in the country. So we we we've had success as a team, and it's been I mean that's an experience in itself. So 
Well, I got to tell you, that's some character and integrity on your part because I asked you to brag about yourself, your best moment, and you said it was as a team winning in the tournament. So uh, hats off to you for not being so braggadocious. Um, And while I have you on the show and we're a a public affairs show and we talk about community service, tell me a success story about um, some initiative you and your teammates did when you played at Bucknell. So um, Lewisburg, they have numerous soup kitchens and um, numerous uh, community community centers for kids and I know um, our coach was big on that he wanted us to give back uh, to the kids who looked up to us and the uh, residents of Lewisburg who looked who looked at us as uh, you know uh, not just people of entertainment but people who were making a change in their community so um, you know each year we would volunteer uh, during Thanksgiving for uh, for the soup kitchen and Probably at least two or three times a year, we would, we would go and volunteer and do a clinic at uh, it was called the Donald Heater Center in Lewisburg, and uh, it's something I believe they still do to this day uh, because it was so impactful and still impactful. Fantastic to hear, and Don Brown, I can't thank you enough for coming on this show uh, to talk about community service, making this planet a better place. We'll look for the Facebook page with the Owls basketball team, uh, Rice University Owls basketball. Search it on Facebook to follow how they work with Team Impact uh, this upcoming season. Um, I will tell you how the leaves change this fall at Bucknell because you're not going to see any of that down here in Houston. It's so hot and see me. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show. We wish you the best of luck. I appreciate that, Adam. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. And now it's time for a charity update with a special guest. Please welcome Ryan Diem. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Let's get a quick uh, background check on Ryan. You may remember his name, uh, an 11-year veteran of the NFL, Super Bowl champion with the Indianapolis Colts. You played collegiately at Northern Illinois University. You're a Husky at heart. Always. Husky for life, baby. Husky for life. (laughs) And, um, well, first of all, congratulations on 11 years in the NFL. I mean, that's kind of unheard of. Yeah, thank you. Uh, You know, really, really blessed and fortunate to have that run. I got to spend the whole time in Indianapolis. Very successful team, but uh, more importantly, I think off the field, we had some great guys. Just a good core group of guys that cared about the community, cared about each other, and uh, ultimately that led to a lot of success on the field. Well, you mentioned caring about the community and um, post-career. Uh, you've gotten involved with uh, a charity, um, and you're doing a, a second annual event to raise money for the CNCF. Uh, tell us what the CNCF is and how you got involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. So CNCF stands for the Children's Neuroblastoma Cancer Foundation. And uh, I was contacted by them about 11 years ago to participate in their first golf outing called the Alley and Friends Golf Classic. And I did. I went and just as a guest got to see what it was all about, got to know the people that were running the event, uh, realized what the cause was, neuroblastoma, which is the number one um, infant cancer. It's a pediatric cancer that really doesn't get enough attention. And uh, realized that no one was really going to bat for these kids. the foundation was doing everything they could to raise money for the families to educate them and to also fund research grants and they didn't have a voice and so I decided that uh, actually my wife and I both decided uh, maybe this was something we wanted to get behind we were looking for uh, uh, basically any uh, or something that struck us and, and, and we, something we wanted to help and help elevate and so we joined up forces with CNCF 
and have taken that golf outing into a great success. We've over 11 years now. We've raised about one and a quarter million dollars for the foundation. Wow. And uh, now we are transitioning into our second event, which is called Cheers for Charity, and will be hosted in uh, Indianapolis. I'm going to try this, Ryan, and um, I, I hopefully can get through this. It's the um, neuro. I've already lost it. The, the, no, no, don't the children's <laughs> neuroblastoma cancer foundation. Did I get that right? Nailed it. Neuroblastoma. So you mentioned it's it's PD, it's a form of pediatric cancer, uh, afflicting mostly babies, infants. Yes, uh, typically it's diagnosed by the third or fourth birthday. It affects infants. It's the number one infant cancer. Clearly, these small children don't have a voice. So yeah. we are trying to elevate this platform and get the message out. Uh, High-profile case recently was Devin Stills' daughter, the uh, defensive lineman from the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Um, clearly, that brought a lot of attention to the disease, a lot of awareness. Uh, it's, it's sad, but when you look at the stats, the amount of money that the American Cancer Society and also the, the federal government, uh, the way they fund the research for pediatric cancers, it's staggering. It's below 1% of money for cancer research that goes to pediatric cancers. It's unbelievable how little attention pediatric cancers are getting. Small children, no voice, and the future of America. Well, Brian Diem is our guest. He's involved with the uh, CNCF. You have been for 11 years now. Part of their golf outing as a former player in the NFL brought some awareness to it. You still work with the foundation. You met, you were telling me off mic, the, um, the young lady, the woman, who started this foundation, who had a child pass away of this kind of cancer. Um, can you tell us a little bit about her story and who she is? Yeah, Pat Talungan is her name, and um, she is the founder of CNCF. Um, you know, it's never... Uh, a good situation when you have to uh, create your own foundation because of the loss of a loved one. Um, but she's doing great things with this foundation. I tell you what, uh, the the unfortunate part of it is she lost her son, uh, who would have gone to the same high school that I went to, and that is how I was introduced to Pat through my high school football coach. She had reached out to him to have me come to this first golf outing, uh, and when I got to know her and the uh, the family that was hosting the first golf outing, I, I couldn't couldn't just stop thinking about you know this cause and and the amount of time and energy they were putting into it and how much it affected them and uh, the way they cared about the cause and helping other families. So my wife and I got involved. Pat's been there the whole way. She still runs the foundation on a day to day basis, and she's the one who's handwriting. Uh, requests for grant money. She's the one who's rallying sponsors for events. She's the one who's reaching out to families directly. It's a very grassroots organization, and that's what I love about it. That you know there isn't any you know skimming off the top for anyone's paycheck. This is a labor of love for everyone involved, and uh, she is the one who spearheads everything. Well, we love her hearing about these stories of uh, athletes, former athletes are getting involved with their communities, uh, hosting Cheers for Charity. It's October 8th at the Two Deep Brewery in Indianapolis. Stop by, join in the fun. 20% of the proceeds or the food and beverage sold that night will go to the foundation, CNCF. We'll get you back on the show in the future to talk about that golf outing you've been a part of for 11 years now. It's raised over a million dollars for this uh, children's cancer. Uh, before we let you go, 
uh, we got to have some fun. Talk about the Super Bowl. I, I know you've. Uh, well, what's the most? What's the question you get asked most about your Super Bowl ring or your Super Bowl experience? Uh, I get asked a lot what my favorite game was. While the Super Bowl was up there, no question. It was you mean the, ever? ever? Favorite game ever? ever. Okay. A favorite game ever. And don't get me wrong, the Super Bowl was special. The game leading up to it, though, the AFC Championship against the Patriots, that was, uh, that was the one. That was special because they had knocked us out of the playoffs like three out of the four previous years. Uh, we were down quite a bit at halftime heading into the locker room, and uh, Coach Dungy just kind of calmed our nerves and, and got us refocused, and we went out and played really well in the second half and beat the uh, the dreaded Patriots to go to the Super Bowl, and that was here here at home in the RCA Dome, and that place was rocking. I tell you what, the whole place was shaking. So that was my favorite game, hands down. Super Bowl was amazing. Uh, got to beat my hometown Chicago Bears, which was uh, clearly a lot of fun for me, and I get to go back home with that ring and make sure everyone sees the hardware and, and rub it in their faces. But uh, tell you what, just a, an incredible experience all around for me, uh, spending my time with the Colts. Well, I always challenge myself as a broadcaster to ask um, an interesting, or the least asked question, I guess. Maybe not interesting, but the least asked question. So I'll take a chance here. What was your, what was your worst game? <laughs> that you just that maybe you lost the game, maybe a penalty on a third and fourth or fourth down, and you lost the game. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. No, you don't have to answer that. But uh, I always laugh at, uh, at every, uh, former athletes talking about the glory days, and no one, no one brings up. Oh, remember that fifteen-yard penalty I had, and I ruined the season. There, you know what? There's if you ask some of my teammates, there's an, actually a picture <laughs> of me getting a personal foul against London Fletcher uh, when he was up in Buffalo, I think, or maybe Washington. Anyways. He ripped my helmet off, literally pulled it off, and I shoved him, and the camera just caught it perfect where I'm looking really angry and upset, and he's flying backwards through the air, 15-yarder at a crucial point in the game. Not good. Not, not good. good. Big veins sticking out of your forehead, and that's yeah. not the Ryan Diem that we know now. You're a, you're a father. You've got a family. Uh, celebrating 20 years with your high school sweetheart. I mean, it's a pretty fantastic story uh, personally in your personal life. Throw in the professional career and your charity work. We're inspired by your work, and I'm glad to have you on the show, Ryan Diem. Uh, appreciate your work with the CNCF. Again, I'll try it. I'll, I'll do my best. The uh, Children's Neuroblastoma Cancer Foundation. Nailed it. Nailed it. And, uh, Ryan, thanks for your time and coming on the show. Really appreciate it, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. And welcome back to the broadcast. We thank you for joining us. I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan, on the campus of Western Michigan University, and I'm pleased to introduce our next guest. He is P.J. Fleck, the head coach of the Western Michigan University Bronco football team. Hi, P.J., how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thank you. I'm excited to uh, be here. I can sense the excitement here on campus, uh, the new coach in town. Uh, I hear uh, the youngest coach in America, Division One college football. How's that all feel? I'm proud of that. I definitely am. I, uh, like I said, I've, I've had a ton of experiences, and uh, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little different when people say you're the youngest head football coach in the country. But when you look back on all the experiences that I've had, 
you know, we've had uh, we've moved seven times in eight years, so I've had a ton of experiences packed into a small career. Well, your experience, you mentioned uh, you just came from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver coach with the Bucks in the NFL, and i got to believe that makes your job easier recruiting with um, high school kids because you're young, they can relate to you. You've got the NFL um, experience that really kind of, that's a wow factor for a 17-year-old to hear. Am I right? Oh, you are. It is. And anytime a 17-year-old kid looks at, you know, playing football, I mean, his ultimate goal, if he truly loves the game, is to play at the ultimate level, and that's the National Football League. And anytime that you can share an experience uh, with them, not only, you know, being a player in it when I played for the 49ers, but now also coaching in it from different aspects, one, you give them the opportunity to look at it from a player's point of view, and they know that their head coach has played in the National football league but now you look at it from a coaching point of view so you get the whole flip side of what the coaches look like mm-hmm. and coaches look for in the national football league so you're able to share those types of experiences with the young people and and um, you know try to get them to their goal pj flack is our guest head coach western michigan university football a homecoming of sorts you played uh, collegiately at northern illinois is that right interconference the mid american conference the mac absolutely the mid-american conference one of the best conferences in college football i truly believe that it's one of the uh, most competitive uh, conferences in all of college football uh, and I, I absolutely love the conference i played in it i've coached in it uh, and now I'm back as a head football coach at a different school, which is now my uh, my alma mater is now a rival. But uh, didn't know if it always pan out that way. But uh, I'm really proud to be a Bronco. Now, what do your old buddies from the Huskies think about that? Well, I tell you what, they are they are fans of me. I can promise you that. So they want uh, they want victories 364 days out of the year. Uh, but when we come to uh, DeKalb, Illinois, I think they're. Split, but they say they're split, but I think they're more 60-40, 70-30, more of uh, Northern Illinois. So uh, we actually play out there in DeKalb this year, which will be a great challenge for our football team. And Northern Illinois has got a great football team, and uh, Rod Carey does a great job. And, and uh, But I know our, our team will be uh, ready for that challenge. Well, that's great. I want to talk about uh, some of the causes you work with. I saw recently uh, through a national publication, I think it was um, sportsillustrated.com possibly. Uh, I wasn't even really uh, looking for this. It just popped up on my research, the video of you in the uh, polar plunge, which is, you know, a lot of people know about a polar plunge. You, you assume you just jump in some cold water and, and it's for charity. Tell us how you got involved with this polar plunge. Uh, was it here on campus? Um, and tell us how your wife got involved with this too. <laughs> well, my wife and I have always been involved with, with, with different charities. We haven't just been involved with just one. Uh, ever since uh, we had a chance to play in the National Football League, that gave us an opportunity to branch out to a lot. We used to run our own football camp, and all the proceeds went to five or six different charities, and we did that every year. But then when you become a college coach, it all gets um, depending. You have to be able to have an own charity within your own state that you work in, and you know, being a college coach, you travel all over the country. So we had to cancel that. But we've always been since then really involved with other charities. And anytime a charity comes up, my wife and I are more than willing to do anything. And obviously, proving that we're willing to jump into a frozen pond here on campus with a hole cut out of it and uh, stand there on the sideline, waiting there for an 18 degree temperature with about a 25 mile an hour wind. Uh, me with my shirt off waiting there in my shorts for about 10 minutes until the firefighters finally tell you, yeah, it's safe to come in the water, but careful where you step because the ice isn't necessarily solid in different places. But I'm not really sure how she got drug into it, but um, when you get in this coaching profession, it's a we profession in terms of it's your wife and you. It's not just yeah. me anymore. I mean, everything we do, we do together. And um, 
that means jumping into a frozen lake two months after she gave birth. That that was I was going to bring that up. So she's just had a baby and she's jumping. Is that what the doctor say? Is that okay? I guess it's fine. She did it and she's willing to check with the doctor. She's one that does everything where she checks with the doctor before she does it and uh, it seemed to be a thing that would be okay. And and she took the plunge and they actually say it's pretty healthy. So they actually say swimming in like really really cold water uh, is actually stimulating for your body and, and keeps you young. When you hit the water. Was it colder than you thought it was going to be? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, and I, I've been in cold tubs. Sure. As a player, you, you go up neck deep into cold tubs, but a frozen lake is a, a lot colder for some reason um, than you know rehabbing after you just get beat <laughs> up for 80 plays in a football game. And uh, what was the charity that be- benefited from this particular polar pr- plunge? Uh, that was Special Olympics. Okay. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. We appreciate your community service. I'm sure it was a great way to introduce you as the new coach on campus. Uh, it was a lot of, there's a lot of excitement here. I can feel it. I'm happy to have you on the show. P.J. Fleck, best of luck here at Western Michigan University. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, we have a saying here at Western Michigan called row the boat. So uh, everybody out there uh, in Bronco Nation, uh, just keep rowing the boat. Thanks. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. As we roll on with The Adam Ritz Show in Southern California, I'm in uh, a really beautiful part of the country. This is Redlands, California, and I'm on the campus of the University of Redlands with a college football player. This is Mike Corey. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, community service project that you're part of uh, with the team, the uh, University of Redlands, the football Bulldogs here at the University of Redlands. Uh, what kind of Bulldog are you, offense or defense? I'm a defensive lineman. D-line, all right. Yeah. A little undersized, but I play with the motor. Play okay, on. so if, uh, if you were just a little thinner and a little quicker, you'd be a defensive back. Uh, probably linebacker. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I didn't mean to insult your, your yeah, speed no or agility, but is, what, what, is, is it, uh, what would happen if you gained – a little like a hundred more pounds and then and lost some of your quickness then you'd then you'd be an offensive guard pretty much (laughs) that's how you want to put it pretty much okay so uh back to the community service uh what are you guys doing basically what we're doing in a few weeks i believe april 27th through april 30th we're going up uh, the camp for good times it's in the san Jacinto mountains and basically what this camp is is they bring in kids with cancer and they allow them all expense paid they allow them to do activities they normally wouldn't be able to do, let them forget about life for a while. I think outdoor activities, riding a horse, walking on a trail, swim, obstacle courses, things of that nature. So basically what our team does is we go up there for, what, three or four days, and we work on their all-manual labor, digging, tearing down houses, building trails, whatever it is they ask us to do. And for every $1,000 we save for that camp, for the people who run the camp, that allows another kid with cancer to come into the camp and, and, and enjoy it. And for me... I have a young cousin. He's struggling with cancer right now. It's near and dear to my heart. So I remember going last year. Very humbling experience for a number of reasons. One, you're benefiting a kid who who doesn't have much to smile about. And some very heart-wrenching stories about kids who don't make it. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I heard some of the kids that get buried in the camp for good times. Sure, it's 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 really it's it's touching and and it's it's tough to think about. But no, it's extremely humbling, and, and it's manual labor, and it's tough, but it's for a good cause, and I think it's something I'm going to look back on in the future and be glad I did. Okay, so it's called Camp for Good Times, That's Camp correct. for Good Times, yeah. and 
Uh, I love the, uh, that's easy math for my small brain to do. Every thousand dollars worth of manual labor that you do means that another kid can go enjoy the camp. Um, and you know, that is tough as manual labor, digging holes and building, building tree houses and stuff. Um, let me ask you about, uh, that thousand dollar mark. Is there a way our listeners can alleviate some of that uh, financial burden? Can you go to a website and donate? You know, truthfully, I don't have that information right now, but I'm almost positive you can make donations to the camp. I remember a few of the guys on the team last year, they held a charity event, and all the proceeds went for the camp for good times. I don't know exactly how you do that, but I will, as soon as possible, try to get that information. Okay, and we'll get that on uh, another broadcast in the future. But I'm just going to guess that if it's called Camp for Good Times, that it's going to be – if you just Google Camp for Good Times – Redlands, California, you'll be able to find some sort of digital property where you could probably make some sort of online donation and help out with these kids. Yeah, and also on YouTube, our head coach, Coach Mike Maynard, he has a, about a 10-minute video where he just talks about it. It's probably back in like 2011, but he, there's video clips of us working and us digging, and, and he just talks about just camp for good times in general and, and how it benefits the kids and, and some of the work that we do. So that's something that I'd advise listeners who are interested to, to go check it out on YouTube. Very good, yes. Search Camp for Good Times on YouTube and check out uh, the team here, the Bulldogs at the University of Redlands, helping out their uh, fellow man. So let's get to football now. Um, you know, I was surprised when I uh, drove out here to Redlands, I'll say about an hour and a half uh, east of Los Angeles, yeah. um, I was in the Long Beach area, and it was kind of chilly. It was 64 degrees, and I get in my car and drive to Redlands, and it's 90 degrees yeah, here. I mean, yeah. it's hot here. Oh, it's uh, year-round 365. It's, it's it, pretty much – I think it's rained once this whole year. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, in California, it's desperate for, for, for rain. I mean, we're in a drought. but Now, is the summer hotter, or it's just hot, it's hot like this every day? You know, I was born and raised in the Inland Empire. It's just – this is normal. This is no, every day, it's you know, 90s, 80s. It, it is yeah. what it is. All right, well, Mike Corey with the uh, football team at the University of Redlands. Uh, and you know what? We encourage you, if you're looking for a place to go to college, check out uh, the University of Redlands. Is it redlands.edu? Yes, it is. Go dogs. Redlands.edu. Go to YouTube, search out Camp for Good Times. Yeah. And uh, please, if you can somehow donate money to this cause, it's fantastic. And we appreciate you for yeah. all of your hard work and your efforts with uh, your community service here at Redlands and the University of Redlands. Mike Corey, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.